0: Welcome to Tales from Baja. I'm your host, Dominic, with my co-host and wife, Adriana. Hola. Um, really excited about this podcast today because we're going to touch on some of our favorite places, specifically Valle de Guadalupe. This podcast is really all about uh, the people you'll meet in Baja, the places you'll visit in Baja, and Valle de Guadalupe is one of our favorites.
1: Yeah, uh, a few years ago, when we first um, went down to uh, to Rosarito, we had our first tour to Valle de Guadalupe, and while we've had a lot of experience wine tasting and you know Sonoma, Napa, Paso Robles, Temecula. The experience down south was so unique. We really loved it. We fell in love with the rustic feel, with the the history. And it was just something that we just hadn't experienced before, and we, we really loved it. So, yeah. yeah,
0: it was so fun. It was uh, it was the highlight of our trip, and it kept us going back, you know, a few times a year. And um, we're really excited to have Mario Dolero from Baja Winery Tours with us today. Hi, Mario. I'm doing fine. How are you guys, Adriana, Dominique? Thank you for the
2: opportunity to have us um Tell people a little bit about Baja Winery Tours
0: and Valle Guadalupe. Awesome! We're right. uh, we're excited right. to have right. you here. Um, let's just start it off with with the with Baja Winery Tours, the company. How was the company founded, and when was the company founded? So Baja
2: Winery Tours is a business that got started uh, eight years ago by a couple of friends, Matt and Joaquin, who uh, love. Baja California they are surfers so they would go down to Baja to surf a lot especially along um, uh, Kilometer 38 by Las Rocas Mm -hmm. that's where they would go very often eventually they discovered Valle Guadalupe and they fell in love with the region they loved the wine so they started going there more often and their friends would ask them if they could bring them along so they would bring two people, five people, eventually ten people will join them. So it was really um, trips that were more like tours. Eventually, they decided to turn it into a business.
1: Mm, Makes sense.
2: So for the longest time, they were running just one tour, Valle Guadalupe. In 2016, um, they wanted to expand the business. Mm. They wanted to... um, bring along more experiences for people, not just Valle Hualupe, but they wanted to show more of what uh, the whole uh, northern part of Baja is like, from Tijuana all the way to uh, Tecate. Um, so we implemented eight new tours. Hmm. Today, now we do Tijuana Cultural Driving Tour, the Tijuana Walking Tour. We offer Rosarito. We do Puerto Nuevo Lobster Run. We do um, the Tecate. Uh, uh, we go to Rancho Tecate for, for outdoor adventures. Mm-hmm. And there is my personal favorite one, which is the Rancho Queso Tour. Mm-hmm. We visit a place called Rancho Cava de Marcelo, which is southeast of Ensenada. And uh, obviously, Valle Guadalupe, which is our bestseller uh, for wine tasting. So uh, since 2016, I've been uh, the operations manager of the company. Matt and Joaquin offered me to come on board as their partner as of the beginning of this year. So we are very happy uh, about our growth and where we are headed. Sounds wonderful.
0: Hmm. And in Valle, talk about the specific tours to Valle de Guadalupe. Are they day trips? Are they overnight trips? What can... Um, someone expect when they go on a tour with you? So,
2: Dominic, basically what we uh, offer on our websites are uh, the day trips. Uh, We also do overnight stays. People can spend the night at the valley, one night, two nights, any multiple number of nights. We can help them put those tours together. But our basic uh, tour to Valle, it's a one-day trip. We leave at 9 a.m. in the morning. We leave from San Diego. We meet the guest at the Linda Vista Trolley Station. And we drive south along the Pacific Scenic Route. Hmm. We do a stop along the way at El Mirador for for some pictures and for people to be able to stretch their legs and use the restroom. Buy some Mexican candy. Uh, The drive is magnificent because along the way, if you're lucky, you will probably spot a couple of whales out there, especially yeah. during whale-watching <laughs> season. Yes. Um, and then from the Mirador, we go straight to Valle Guadalupe. It's a one-hour and 15-minute drive. Usually, we arrive at the first winery at 11 a.m. We are visiting uh, three wineries and doing one restaurant. Uh, so lunch, 99% of the time, is at Finca Altosano, which is one of the best restaurants in the valley by um, renowned Mexican chef Javier Plasencia. Um, Around 4.30 p.m., that's when we start uh, getting ready to come back to San Diego. We are usually at the meeting place in in, uh, Linda Vista around 7.30. So it's an all-day tour from 9 in the morning to 7.30 p.m., We drive very comfortable vehicles. We use uh, brand-new Ford Transit vans with reclinable seats, air-conditioned, so people can have an enjoyable and comfortable experience. Sounds great. Those are the day trips. Now, on the overnight stays, um, if our guest tells that they want to spend a couple nights, then what we usually do is we spend one day at the valley. People sleep overnight at the valley. And then the second day, they can choose from spending another day visiting wineries, or we can do another destination like Ensenada, uh, we go to La Bufadora, or we do Rancho Queso, or they can do Puerto Nuevo Lobster Run. So it doesn't necessarily have to be just two days or three days of just Valle Guadalupe. We can accommodate depending on what each of the guests want.
1: Oh, sounds great. Um, when it comes to the wine tours, how do you choose the wineries that you um, that your guests will
2: visit? Well, today in Valle Guadalupe, there's over 100 wineries. Uh, these wineries, most of them are owned by um, Mexican families. Some of them are owned by Europeans, and uh, some of them are owned by Americans. We like to go to smaller um, scale wineries, not so much the commercial ones. We like going to artisan winemakers uh, because they like to focus more on the quality of the wine and not so much on the quantity. So the quality is uh, superior than those that usually generate uh, 500,000 cases a year or 1 million cases a year, like in the case of... uh, uh, Pedro Domecq or uh, El we, we stay usually with smaller uh, wineries, family owned, that produce between 50,000 to 200,000 cases. You
1: know, I, I'm glad that you said that because I remember that our first experience, it was those wineries, it was the small um, artisanal wineries that really set that experience apart from the experiences we've had before in, in, in California. Correct. So that, that, that's right. And yeah. that, that's what we remember. I, I like definitely the most.
0: Yeah. I thought it was, uh, it was amazing. I think we visited four wineries. I don't remember all the names. Uh, one of the wineries we visited was Lacheto and it's beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful winery, you know, driving in, go, driving through the vineyards, you have this long drive. It kind of made you feel like you were in Napa. Um, but also the rustic small winery that is family run and the families living on the on the vineyard um, that was magical. Was. Yeah, I,
2: I feel that there's um, like for every type of personality and every type of uh, customer, we 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 can choose from uh, commercial wineries or just smaller wineries or medium sized wineries. Uh, The reason why we like to stick with smaller wineries is because the relation, sometimes there's the owner or the winemaker on site, and they're the ones that will uh, come along on the tour with us, and they will explain to our guests the way they make their wine. See, many of these families that have wineries in the Valley today, they're not so much in the winemaking business because they want to make money. No, they already made money somewhere else. Hmm. And now they came to Valle de Guadalupe because it's their passion. Hmm. They like making wine and they want to have their own brand and their own label. So uh, the, the, the story, um, and maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but it's important that you know people know that Valle de Guadalupe uh, just grew in the last 20 years and it has become what it is today because of the efforts of the local uh, winemakers especially Hugo da Costa who was one of the the, the main uh, pieces that made Paella Guadalupe what it is today. Even though winemaking in the region has been present since the early 1600s when the Spaniards um, particularly the the Jesuit uh, priest in the missions, they would make the wine. They're the ones that started making wine uh, with grape that was brought from Europe because we really didn't have any grape uh, that was uh, good enough to make wine here in the Americas. So uh, when they brought all these uh, varietals, then that's when they started making wine in the missions. Eventually, the Russians came along, and they're the ones that are considered to be
0: the first ones to make wine for commercial purposes. Oh. Hmm. Um, but and when you say that, the first for commercial purposes in Valle?
2: Yes, oh. correct, okay. in mm-hmm. Valle Barupe. Now, there's other regions in Mexico where wine is made. The oldest one would be in Coahuila. In Valle de las Parras, uh, and the the oldest winery uh, is Casa Madero, founded in uh, 1597. Don't quote me, it's in the late 1500s. So, wine has been made in Mexico before it was made in any other part of the continent. Wow. The problem is that when the Spaniards saw that there were so many good fields for winemaking here in, in the new world, then people started making more and more wine. So the imports of their wine coming from the old continent slow down to the point that the queen prohibited, uh, the, 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 the production of oh. wine in the new world for mm. the, for a long uh. time uh-huh. until, uh, the independence of Mexico, which was, uh, well, technically we celebrate in, in, in the 16th of September of 1810, but the mm-hmm. real independence of Mexico was 11 years later in 1821. After that point, then production of wine started again. So that's why, you know, Mexico is not so much of a wine drinking culture, because we drink more tequila, more, more beer, mm-hmm. and brandy. Mm-hmm. Wine is something that has evolved in the last twenty years, and now newer generations drink more wine.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. with all, I mean, honesty, I don't remember having parties when I was a young person where wine was brought for the party or anything like that. People mm-hmm. would bring beer, beer tequila. or tequila. Right.
1: Yeah, right.
2: But that has changed. These newer generations and and now older people in Mexico are becoming. Wine aficionados, and, and with the evolution of Valle Guadalupe, it's something that has become uh, so much bigger than what it was.
0: Right now, the you say the evolution of Valle. I also see this this growth from the culinary scene. Correct in, in all of Northern Baja, specifically. Did did Valle kind of elevate the culinary scene, or do you feel like the culinary scene elevated Valle?
2: Um uh, I think uh the second would be the most accurate, yeah, uh, because even though wine was present, uh it wasn't such a big thing until the the style of the Bahamet cuisine mm-hmm. uh got started uh, by Bahamed is different styles of uh, cooking where they use Mexican traditional dishes combined with the way they would do food in the Mediterranean. Some people call it Mexiterranean or Mexitarian okay. cuisine. Okay. Mm. Javier Plasencia is one of the pioneers and he's great at it. Other chefs like uh, Diego Hernandez from Corazon de Tierra and you know many many in the region not just in Valle but in Tijuana mm-hmm. Ensenada mm-hmm. Uh, Tecate and even in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the food um, scene has helped the wine industry more than the wine industry has helped the the, the new Bahamut uh, style of cooking. Hmm. That's
0: interesting.
1: Well, since we're since we're on the topic of, of food, I know that you, we've we've touched a little bit on um, you know a couple of uh, your favorite chefs. Um, I mean, what are your a few of of your favorite restaurants?
2: So definitely Finca Altosano, right. one of my favorite. And like I said earlier, 99% of the time we visit Finca Altosano.
1: Oh yes, great there. We there are it there.
2: other options that are magnificent um, and considered among the best 100 restaurants in Latin America. Uh, like in the case of Deckman's, mm-hmm. there is um, Laja. There's... Mm. Um, Cocina de Doña Estela for Magnificent Traditional Mexican Breakfast. Oh,
1: that sounds great. Cocina de
2: Doña Estela, El Tajal, it's a new one, um, and Corazón de Tierra, which is uh, right uh, in Villa del Valle. Great. By uh, Chef Diego Hernández.
0: You have a difficult... Job selecting where you're going to have lunch in Viadigal. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do,
2: and um, the, the 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 dishes are so magnificent, and they mm-hmm. have such a variety. They they work with uh, fish, they work with beef, pork, lamb, vegetables, everything. I mean, so it's it's a, a variety that can uh, delight any. P- type of palate whether you're vegetarian whether you're uh carnivore mm-hmm. uh there's a little bit for everybody
0: yeah, yeah a couple of, well, i think about a couple years ago i went down to valladay guadalupe with some friends we brought our kids and we visited deckman's and i was just blown away because you're you're sitting in an outdoor setting within a vineyard you're surrounded by by the vineyard And the kitchen is right next to you outdoors, and you're watching the master chef cook, in some cases, 20 feet away from you. Correct. It's an amazing experience that you just don't see in the States, or at least I I haven't seen in the States. And the food is unbelievable. We happen to have – Adriana and I happen to have a vegan and a vegetarian in our household, our daughters. Um, And it was a a, a quick um, conversation with the chef. Hey, can you make something for them? Absolutely. They brought it out. It was great. So it's a wonderful place.
2: Now remember that also most of these restaurants grow their own vegetables. Mm. So it's the true uh, farm-to-table experience. Mm. Uh, For those that are very concerned about eating organic food, uh, most of these restaurants use their own veggies from their own garden. They don't use any uh, fertilizers. It's just naturally grown um and it is what they call the farm to table experience um like you said Dominic, uh, also the surroundings are magnificent you are sitting sometimes in the middle of nowhere but at the same time you are surrounded by these vineyards mm-hmm. uh rustic look of the restaurant uh the service is magnificent uh that is one thing that I like to always tell my guests you know in Mexico, you are going to feel welcomed. Uh, the way the waiters treat you, the owners of the wineries, uh, e- everywhere you go, you are treated um, uh, with lots of... Uh, they, you feel welcome. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So um, we we usually go to Finca because we have a longer relationship working with Finca Zano, but we always uh, try to... Uh, switch things around to make the tours a little bit more interesting, especially for those returning customers, which we do have a lot of. Mm-hmm. Mm. Same thing with the wineries; um, we try to pick the wineries um, as we go, but never trying to repeat the, thre- the same three wineries uh, on consecutive uh, weekends. Oh, that's great. So we work with like forty different wineries from the uh, valley, even though there's over a hundred wineries, but. Yeah, Unfortunately, up to today, I have not been able to visit all 100 wineries. Someday. Someday, someday I will. <laughs> Correct.
0: So on the winery, I know you, you probably don't want to play favorites with wineries, but what are some unique wineries, maybe stay on the smaller side, um, that you would recommend for someone going to Valle, whether they're driving themselves or, or taking a tour?
2: So one of my favorite wineries is La Lomita. Uh, we make La Lomita Uh, usually part of the tours, uh, 50% of the time we're going to go to La Lomita because it's a 100% organic winery. They have uh, a magnificent Grenache wine called Pagano, which is not just my favorite from that winery, but my favorite from the whole valley. Really? I love it. And well, then again, I like red wines. Mm. And... You know, every palate is different. Every Mm -hmm. person perceives the the flavors of the wine in a different way. But La Lomita definitely is one that I always recommend. The same owners from La Lomita, they have a second winery, the the, uh, sister winery, which is the first biodynamic winery in the region.
1: What does biodynamic mean?
2: Uh, Biodynamic is a term that was invented by an Austrian um, scientist. Mm -hmm. which takes in consideration the position of the stars uh, and it's a cycle that where everything that comes from the ground has to go back into the ground. For instance, uh, they don't use lawnmowers to get rid of the weeds in between the vines. They use animals. So they have Mm. a cage that moves along the um, aisles on the, in the vines, uh, so they can put sheep and goats and, and animals that eat the weeds. Oh. At the same time as they are eating, they are pooping, pooping. and oh, putting right. everything right. back into the ground. So it's part of the compost. Oh.
1: Um,
2: so that's in 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 a you know in 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 essence what biodynamics is. It, it's a lot more complicated, but you know definitely I would. Recommend you come along with us so we can go to La Carrodilla, which is this biodynamic winery. So they can uh, give you uh, an exact explanation of biodynamics, which is it's it's a lot more complex, Mm -hmm. but that's more or less the concept. So La Carrodilla definitely is one of my favorite as well. Then there is Las Nubes.
1: I think we've been to Las Nubes. Mm. Las
2: Nubes, it's a, a mid-sized winery. Mm-hmm. They started very small, but they've done such a great job in uh, their wine and in their marketing that it has grown a lot. Uh, even though you know it's becoming a little bit more commercial, still one of my favorites because of the views. They are sitting on the foot of the mountain. Not all the wineries have the view that Las Nubes have. And the quality of the wine is superb, especially their Nebbiolo. Mm. Their Nebbiolo is the best Nebbiolo in the valley, in my mm. opinion. Great. Uh, Benacaba. It's mm-hmm. another really yes. good winery.
1: Yes, we've been there. So so okay. beautiful.
2: Uh, there is another one called um, Bruma, which is a newer winery. And it's just uh, starting, but the the... The architecture is magnificent. The wine is really good. Um, and then there is Baron Balche. Baron Balche is a winery that focuses on the Mayan and Aztec culture. Oh. So most of the wines are named after Mayan or Aztec words and numbers. Oh, wow. They have very good uh, premium lines. Um, and they have a winery, which is all tunnels, underground tunnels. So they take advantage of the moisture of the ground to keep everything cool. They rarely use any type of air conditioning or cooling system uh, because everything is underground. Kind of like in La Lomita, they also use uh, the uh, three-level structure. So in a way... Gravity does their own thing, and they don't have to use pumps because gravity will take care of bringing liquid from one upper level to a lower level and to a lower level. Mm-hmm. That's how they do things in most of the wineries.
0: Wow. Why do we not have a glass of wine in front of us right now? I no, <laughs> you know. Oh, it makes me want to
2: speak yeah,
0: right now. The, 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 the wine in Baja is so competitive
2: okay, mm-hmm. that the wine industry in California has put a limit on the number of bottles you can bring back from Baja California. So it's not a Mexican thing. It's not a U.S. federal thing. It's a California thing. You can only bring back one liter of alcohol back from Baja California into California. Per now, person? if person? Per person, correct. Okay. Mm. So if you are from another state that's not California, then you're okay. You oh. can bring a case mm. or two, but... Granted that you you can prove that you are going to Arizona right. or uh, Colorado or something like that, but if you're staying in California, you right. can only bring one liter of alcohol back per person.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. because
2: it is a very competitive industry, yes, and and it, it really um, most of those wines can be considered better wines than those made in Napa or Sonoma. Uh, and 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 I would highly recommend that. Uh, you look up uh, Hugo da Costa. Because if there's somebody that knows about winemaking and about the history and evolution of Valle de Guadalupe, is Hugo da Costa. Uh, he has helped so many people in the valley. And the valley is what it is today in most part because of his efforts. Hmm. Hmm. That's great. He has I- a winery, and I'm sorry that I interrupted you, but he has a winery as well. It's called oh. Casa de Piedra. Casa de and, again, the wine is magnificent.
0: magnificent. You, you can uh, check out some of the photos of these wineries um, at BajaWineryTours.com. Correct. You can also go on their Instagram, Facebook pages, which is also BajaWineryTours.com. I was on it earlier today on your Instagram page. And it looks so fun. You've got a bunch of group shots of six, eight, ten people having a great time down there in Valle.
2: Yeah, a lot of our guests like to upload their pictures, whether it's uh, on their Facebook page or Instagram. And we also uh, try to update our um, page with newer, more recent tours. So, yeah, definitely any type of information or you want to take a look at the different wineries that we visit, visit our page, uh, www.bahawinerytours.com. And there you will find uh, a description of each of our tours, prices, and you can also book online, uh, pay with credit card, and, uh, or always give me a call. Um, I'm the one that will answer the phone if you call us at 619-535-9994. Feel free to um, give me a call for whatever uh, question you may have or if you want to put together a corporate event, a lot of people are getting married in Baja, in yes. particularly Valladalupe, so we can help with that uh, if it's an anniversary or a birthday celebration or you're going to pop the question and uh, get engaged uh, Valluallupe is the perfect place to do it
1: you know I'm glad that you that you bring that you brought that up because you know the uh, like like I said before, our experience was so wonderful and we've talked about the culinary aspect, we've we've talked about, you know, the different wineries. And there's there's one thing that I always remember uh about my experience and it's always the weather. If the weather is so great. I mean um you know we live in California so there's no shortage of good weather. However, if we have listeners or people that are coming from different states and like you said, you know, they're they're planning a wedding um, what is your recommendation for the best time, the best weather, the best time of year um, to visit?
2: Well, the best time to visit the valley definitely would be during the Vendimia season. And that's the harvest season. So August, September is the harvest season. Okay. Uh, or what they call vendemia season or uh, vendemia festivals. So during this time, the wineries have different events. They invite people. Whether it's to eat paella outdoors, drink sangria, mm. uh, or help in the wine making process, because they will let you go into different tanks oh. full of grape, and okay. then they let you stomp the grape with your feet the oh. old fashioned way. Hmm. Oh, fine. There's uh, concerts, there's uh, important people from Mexico. Um, so for these events, um, most of them are open to the public. Some of them you do need to buy a, a ticket. Or make a reservation to participate. But August and September is the best time to be at the Valley. June and July is the warmest. But also uh, very comfortable. Um, and and throughout the year, um, all these wineries will sometimes have special um, uh, guests. Special chefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, even coming from Mexico City or from overseas. And they will... Um, have uh, different um, tasting experiences. You can, you can reserve uh, a special room where you can do a very detailed and uh, with a, the winemaker and the owner of the winery. Uh, this is for wine experts obviously. I mean if you're just wanting to go to Valladalupe that's one thing. But if you are really into winemaking, then you can make a special reservation where you can have one of these catas they call it with the winemaker and the owner of each winery. Um, coming back to your question, so June, July, August, and September are the best times, the best months to be in the valley. It doesn't mean that in winter you should not be going down there because, like you said, right. the weather is magnificent. Right. And the reason why Valle is such a great place for winemaking is precisely because of that. Uh, the valley is... On the 32nd latitude, just like uh, Chile. So being on the 32nd latitude, that means that the, the, the climate, there's microclimates mm-hmm. as well, that help with the, um, the production or growing of the, of the grape. Uh, Valle Guadalupe has warm days and cold nights. Right. So it's the perfect, it's perfect. scenario for this type of varietals mm-hmm. also in the morning they get the, the the mist or the breeze from the pacific mm-hmm. so all the water they need is there mm-hmm. sometimes if it's too dry or they haven't had enough rain which is you know uh usually the case there's also underwater rivers flowing through the valley so they pump up the water from underground
1: oh, great. okay
2: so uh, yeah the weather is perfect that's the reason why uh, 90% of the wine produced in Mexico is made in Valle Guadalupe.
0: We're going to Valle de Guadalupe, Ensenada, Rosarito next weekend, and I'm ready to start packing tonight. So, <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely. It's a great it's a great place to visit. And like you said, if, before you arrive in Valle, why not stop by Rosarito? Visit the mm-hmm. famous Rosarito Beach Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop by Puerto Nuevo. Try the lobster. Have a couple of margaritas. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Listen to the live mariachi music. Mariachi is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Stop along the way on the Mirador to take some pictures. Uh, if you have time to go to El Sauzal or downtown Ensenada for the fish tacos as well, that's magnificent. The famous Husan's uh, Cantina is in downtown Ensenada. Uh, and then eventually make it to Valle and visit all these magnificent wineries and the restaurants.
0: Mario, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. We've learned a ton about the history of Valle, different restaurants to go to, different wineries, um, and obviously Baja Winery Tours. So, again, you can uh, learn, about, m- learn more about Baja Winery Tours at BajaWineryTours.com or on their Instagram and Facebook pages at Baja Winery Tours. Thank you very much for your time. You're today, very Mario. welcome, guys. Thank, thank you, Adriana. Thank, thank you, you, Dominic.
2: So and uh, yes, definitely uh, make sure that your next vacation is in Tubaja, California.
0: Thank
1: you so much. Thank You're you. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> <laughs> A mi tierra mexicana, yo le canto a tus volcanes, a tus praderas y flores, que son como talismanes del amor